My name is Bo Kilgore, and this is the Battle Tested Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode zero of the Battle Tested Podcast. I am so excited that you're tuning in, that you're here to check everything out, and I'm excited to uh, be able to do this, uh, the Battle Tested Podcast. Um, Episode zero, the reason it's called episode zero is because it's not really going to be tied to uh, any series of episodes that I'm wanting to put out here, Um, but it's an opportunity for me just to kind of introduce the whole concept of what battle tested is, what this is all about, um, and just kind of tell you my story and tell you the journey that led me to even starting this uh, endeavor. So I do want to tell you about battle tested, but um, I think to do that I have to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, so my name is Bo Kilgore. Bo, that's a nickname. I don't know where it came from. People have called me Bo my entire life. I'm actually James the third. So with three James running around, I think it was just easier to distinguish us by giving us all nicknames. Of course, my dad is Jim. You know what? He was Jimbo for a while. Everybody called him Jimbo. And then whenever I was born, they must have just dropped the bow, giving it to me because now everybody just calls him Jim. But I'm Bo Kilgore. Um, I am 34 years old at the time that we are recording episode zero. 34, I'm married to an incredible woman, a beautiful woman. Uh, answer to prayers, just an angel. Her name is Lauren. And I have three children. I have Scarlett, my oldest. She is nine years old. I have another daughter named Imogene who will be three in just a few weeks. And she's amazing and full of energy. And I have a son. My son just turned one uh, last month. And he is Ira John Kilgore. And I'm just a blessed man. I'm so uh, thankful for my family, uh, for my amazing wife. Uh, I serve as an executive pastor at Life Church in the Houston area. Um, And my story of even how I came to become a pastor, um, there's a lot of ups and downs. And I'll share some of that with you uh, today. But what led me to start this podcast, um, this battle-tested podcast, is I think that Uh, If you were to look at my life right now, if you were to look at um, where I'm at in my career, in ministry, if you were to look at my family and um, my beautiful, amazing wife and my amazing kids, um, you know, I I, I am definitely blessed. I think if you looked at my life, you would say, yeah, this guy, he's a blessed man. He looks like he's got a a good thing going on with his job. looks like he's got a good thing going on with his family. And um, I want to just share with you more about the story and the journey about how I got to where I'm at. Because my life wasn't always uh, blessed like this. My life wasn't always um, uh, full of the joy and peace and fulfillment that I now experience. Uh, There was a long period of my life where um, there was a lot of hopelessness. There was a lot of despair. There was a lot of anger and resentment. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I 
I grew up in church. I grew up in a pastor's home, actually. My father is a pastor, and my grandfather was a pastor, and my great-grandfather was a pastor. <laughs> so, you know, three generations of ministers of, you know, good men, good men of high moral character, virtuous men. Uh, and then comes Bo Kilgore. And what does Bo Kilgore decide to do with his life? I, I joined the Marine Corps, baby. That's right. Hoorah. The best of the best, the few, the proud. Uh, so a line of preachers, and then here comes knucklehead Bo to kind of mess all that up. But, you know, I think as a young man, I just had this, I had something inside of me where I wanted to prove myself. I had this desire inside of me to do something difficult. I had something inside of me um, that was just calling and kind of bubbling to the surface of making my own way, charting my own course, and uh, really trying to figure out uh, who I was in my own identity, you know, separate from that of my father, separate from that of my my grandfather. I'm very thankful for, you know, the, the way that I was raised. I'm very thankful for my family. You know, it's never been the case where I, you know, was at odds with my family. I, I had an amazing relationship with my parents. I had an amazing relationship just with my siblings, with my, with my uh, family. And even, you know, growing up, had a lot of friends, but there was still something inside of me that kind of set me out on my own adventure. And the truth is, I think that God, you know, he puts that in every man. I think every man, God has has created us to be uh, that kind of ambitious individual that wants to conquer and 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 overcome difficult things or 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 engage with uh, obstacles and and you know, kind of rule over them or subdue them or, or test ourselves by doing difficult things. I think that's just part of being a man. But there were some other things that creeped in outside of this desire that I feel like God just creates innately in every, in every man. There were some other things that creeped into my heart and my mind and just into my character, and it was selfishness. And it was pride, and it was arrogance, just like any teenage boy is going to have. Um, I had those things. I had some arrogance about me. Um, my father is a very wise man. My mother, she's a very wise woman. Uh, I didn't really listen to their advice as a young man. Uh, there were a lot of people around me, wise people, people that had proven themselves to be reliable and trustworthy and high moral character as well, good people. And I decided that I knew better than all of them. And so when I was 19 years old, uh, I enlisted in the Marine Corps. So that would have been 2008. I graduated high school in 2007. I tried college out for a little bit to appease my parents. And uh, I don't even think I finished the semester. I dropped out. I enlisted. And I came home one night and I told my parents, hey, I'm leaving in two weeks for MCRD San Diego. I'm headed out to become a Marine. And of course, there were tears and... Uh, there was sadness, but uh, that was kind of the beginning of me charting my own course. Now, this is the part of my story where I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to me. I, th- I think that um, a, lot of the, a lot of the men, if you're watching right now, you can probably relate to an experience like this where as a young man, you made a lot of poor decisions 
as a young man, you made some unwise decisions and um, maybe you feel like you're still paying or, or dealing with the consequences of those decisions. I'm 34 today and I can tell you that some of the choices and decisions that I made when I was a 20, 21 year old young man, I'm still dealing with the consequences of bad decisions. And so um, I joined the Marine Corps and, you know, my experience, overall, my experience was great. Um, I really am thankful for my time in the service. I'm thankful for the friends that I made. I'm thankful for some of the experiences that I had that helped develop me and give me some really good uh, leadership experience. Uh, I'm thankful for the moments where it helped me learn what it meant to take personal responsibility. And there was a lot of good that came of it. But I can tell you that um, I was not living a very healthy lifestyle as I was uh, serving in the Marine Corps. I was not living uh, a wise life. I was not um, I was not living a life of high moral character. In fact, the, the lifestyle that I was living was more of a, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever feels good. Uh, it was very impulsive. It was very uh, inconsistent. And I started developing these very unhealthy habits. I think, you know, early on, even before I was of age, I was uh, drinking way too much. I was partying. I was, I was you know, trying to uh, hook up with people, hook up with girls as much as I could. I was, I was really giving myself over to, you know, what in the Christian world we would say is the lust of the flesh. Uh, I was giving over to those things. And, you know, that kind of lifestyle, it is fun for a season. And, and there are people that chase that fun and chase that high. And I was one of those people. And I can tell you from experience that eventually the fun and the high and that momentary satisfaction that you find doing those things, uh, it fades pretty quickly, actually. Uh, and, um, it's surprising how quickly it can fade and, and very quickly turn into things like regret and shame and just a feeling of emptiness, a void that, that you have created within yourself, like a pit, like a bottomless pit that no matter now how much you hook up or how much you give in or how much you drink or how much you take or how much you smoke or whatever it is, whatever the vice is, no matter how much you partake of these things, trying to fill that void, it just winds up leaving you uh, more shameful of yourself, more unfulfilled, and, um, you know, I think hopeless. Uh, just kind of getting to a place where you're like, okay, what is my life really all about? I'm stuck with all of these unhealthy habits. And that's really what it turns into. You know, at the beginning, it's something fun that you're engaging in. But on the other side of that, it turns into something that you're a slave of. It, it turns into something that you're just so addicted to because you've trained yourself, you've trained your mind to live a certain way that you, you don't really know how to break out of that cycle and try something different. And you're just caught in this cycle of shame and regret. And, and so that's how my, my journey kind of started out. You know, I, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. I had a lot of, uh, of um, great, godly Christian people influencing me. And I quickly turned my back on all of that. I, I actually quickly turned my back on faith. Uh, I became agnostic. You know, there were, there, was, there were certain things that happened to me along the way, you know, in the midst of me making bad decisions and in the midst of me kind of living this lifestyle that was very harmful to me. Uh, 
um, there were things that happened to me that were out of my control. Uh, there were things that happened to me that were, it, it was injustice done upon me. At the end of the day, that's what it was. Um, and I can't get into specifically what it is here at episode zero, but here in season one and the coming episodes, uh, I'm going to tell you more about that. It's not something that I have um, shared publicly, except for maybe on a very um, special occasion with, with just a few people. But um, there was something that happened to me that just kind of changed the course of my life, I think. It was a very painful thing. It was a, a humiliating thing. It was something that um, changed my worldview. You know, when, when this when when this was perpetrated against me, it, it it changed the way I looked at myself. It changed the way I looked at the world around me, at other people. It changed how much I could trust others. But the biggest way it changed me was I was so angry that this is this had happened to me. I was so angry about this situation that had happened to me that it manifested in anger. And uh, this happened, it was about two years that I had been in the Marine Corps at this time. And, and during this whole situation that happened to me, um, I was able to go to a new unit, a new duty station. I got sent to Okinawa, Japan. So I was in Quantico and then I got sent to Okinawa. And um, because of this injustice that had been done against me, because of this thing that was out of my control, that I had no say in, that if I had a choice, I, I, I wouldn't want to go through it. I wouldn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, because of that, when I got to Okinawa, I was so angry, my reputation quickly became, uh, you know, this is the guy who, who gets in fights, who gets drunk and goes out looking for a fight. And I think the first two weeks I was in Japan, um, I went off base, you know, past curfew, breaking the rules, got really drunk. I got in a fight, had a beer bottle crashed across my face. If I still have a scar here on my eyebrow from that, uh, from that fight. But during that fight, you know, somebody wound up going to the hospital. I got arrested by an undercover, uh, Marine, uh, military police officer who was off base looking for guys like me. That's what he was doing. He was looking for young, stupid Marines that were out past curfew, drinking too much and getting in fights. And he found me. I made it pretty easy for him to find me. I think I left a trail of blood all over the sidewalk and a couple victims in my wake. But, uh, yeah, that was my reputation. Two weeks into the unit, my gunnery sergeant first picks me up from the holding cell, go to the hospital. I get stitched up. And then I drive back to the barracks to meet the, the new company that I'm a part of in third Marine division MP company. And they're all standing. What we would say in the Marines, they're in a box. They are in formation on the basketball court on a Saturday morning. And Lance Corporal Kilgore here gets to stand in front of the whole company with blood all over his shirt, blood all over his face, stitches in his eyebrow. And the rest of the weekend was chaos and misery for everyone because of me. So everybody really liked me at the beginning of my time at Okinawa. Sorry, guys, if anybody's listening here from 3rd Marine Division, MP Company, my bad. Love you guys. <laughs> uh, that, that didn't um, stop, though. I, I continued that behavior. I would get in fights pretty frequently. Um, I got punished for it. You know, in the military, there is uh, there is a military code of, of justice. Or, or I forget what it's called now, but I had to stand a, you know, a little uh, non-judicial punishment, NJP, um, 
so I was punished for, for that behavior. Um, I had to get sent to a substance abuse course. You know, I got arrested so many times for drinking and fighting that finally somebody was like, this Marine needs some help. Let's send him to this intensive course to teach him about how he's abusing alcohol. But what I think, um, nobody really knew at the time is that anger that was coming out of me and that behavior that they were witnessing is not because I was, um, a mean person. It's not because I had a lot of hatred in my heart towards people. If anything, you know, I, I liked making friends. I'm, I, everywhere I went when I was in the Marine Corps, I, I loved meeting new people and I feel like I had a big friend group everywhere I went. But this behavior that was coming out of me was a result of some very real hurt and uh, pain that I had gone through. It was the result of some adversity that had come my way that I didn't handle correctly. That's really what it comes down to is this unhealthy behavior that was coming out of me and being displayed was the result of me not being able to properly encounter or properly deal with adversity and obstacles that I faced in life. So continue this lifestyle. I deployed to Afghanistan in 2011 and I was with 1st Battalion, 3rd Marines out of Hawaii. Um, and when I came home, I was still just in this mindset uh, of, you know, anger, violence, substance abuse, a lot of drinking, a lot of impulsive decisions. Um, and it, it just kind of spiraled from there. I got out of the Marine Corps in 2013. Uh, I was married and, um, when I became a civilian again, I had no plan. Um, I had no dreams or aspirations. I was just kind of floating, coasting through life. I had no purpose. Whatever purpose I felt that I had as a Marine was gone now. I'm back in the real world. And um, not long after leaving the Marine Corps, my first, my oldest daughter, Scarlett, is born. And now I have the pressure of being a father. And having a family and, um, still not living the way I should, um, still not living for God. You know, I told you whatever faith I, I had growing up, I'd abandoned that. I had just adopted this agnostic view that if God is real, he certainly doesn't care about me. If there is a God out there that created this universe, there's no way that he's involved in the day-to-day, -day, uh, life because look at what happened to me, this injustice that had happened to me. If there is a God that loves me and cares for me, then why am I facing all of these difficult situations? Why are all these unfair things happening to me? And uh, so I wasn't living the way I should. I, I would say that even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a person of faith, that you could look at my life at that time and say, yeah, this guy, he's just he, he's not really living a good quality life. He's not, he doesn't really have high moral character. He doesn't really ha have a purpose or, or, or he doesn't really have anything going for him. Uh, so I was kind of floating through life at that time. Um, my first marriage was a failure. Um, again, things happened out of my control, but uh, I soon found myself divorced now, single father, divorced. Um, what did I turn to when I hit that adversity? What did I turn to when I went through that painful situation? Um, what was my reaction to life just beating me up? Um, 
I just kind of embraced that life sucks and that I'm a failure and that everything that I've tried to do, everything I've tried to make out of myself or when I started this journey on my own, this adventure on my own to prove myself, look at where it's landed me. Uh, angry, broken, now at this point, substance addicted and not just alcohol, pills, weed, cocaine, women, pornography, uh, just comfort, a comfortable, apathetic life, um, trying to fill the void that's within me. And it led me to my lowest point. It got me to the, the my lowest point imaginable. I remember when everything kind of changed for me. Obviously, you might be listening to this story. And listen, this was in 2015, okay? This is eight years ago. So how in these eight years since I was at my lowest point, how have I come to, you know, living this life that I'm living now, this full of purpose and fulfillment, full of God's blessings and I'm, I'm married to an incredible woman. I have an amazing wife, an amazing family. How did it get to this point? Well, I'll tell you. I went out one night by myself drinking. You know you're in a low spot if you're going out by yourself bar hopping. You know, I, I wasn't going out with my friends. wasn't going to a party. I was just trying to fill the emptiness inside of me with the only thing that I, only thing that I had known because of the way I was living. I got blackout drunk. I was on my, my Harley, no helmet. I don't know how I got home. I'll be honest with you. When I think back, I, I have like glimpses of me riding home. I should have been a stain on the highway. I'm lucky I didn't kill myself. I'm lucky I didn't kill somebody else. Don't know how I got home, but I woke up that next morning. I was laying in my bed. I was still hungover. And I remember that morning feeling like Somebody had placed about 200 pounds on my chest. Just this pressure, you know, swelled up inside of me, in my chest. Um, an anxiety, just an onset of, of panic and despair and hopelessness. And I laid there thinking, what the expletive am I doing with my life? I was feeling the weight of my shame. I was feeling the weight of all my mistakes, I was feeling the weight of all my bad choices, and I was weeping. I was thinking about my daughter and the failure of a father that I was going to be to her because of this terrible, disgusting life that I was living with no purpose, with no hope, with no discipline, with no goals. I wasn't building a life for me. I wasn't building a life for her. And I felt a lot of shame in that moment. And it was in that moment that I decided I was going to go into my closet. I was going to get my 45. I was going to hold it up to my head and blow my brains out. I was so sick of living. I was full of anxiety, full of de depression and shame, like I already mentioned. There was just so much negativity in me. There was so much pain in me. That looking back, I know it was because of not facing adversity in my life the right way. Everything I was experiencing in that moment, all the shame and pain and all of that, I was experiencing it because those moments throughout my young adult life 
when I was faced with challenges and I was faced with adversity and I was faced with difficult decisions or when I was faced with opportunity to be the person I needed to be, I failed. I made the wrong decisions. I didn't handle those moments the right way. Now I'm dealing with the consequences. So I'm there. I'm trying to work up the courage to get out of bed and just end it. And there's something that called to me in that moment. Now, it had been almost a decade that I had had anything to do with God, that I had even acknowledged Him in any way. But there was something calling to me in that moment that was telling me, you know what, if you are going to do this, what you're about to do, if you are going to get up right now and get that gun and, and do the thing that you're saying you're going to do, maybe you should just ask God for forgiveness. If there is a God, you should ask Him for forgiveness for everything you've done and what you're about to do. And like I said, at this moment, I was feeling the pressure. Physically, I could feel it. And maybe some of you have been there too, where you just feel it physically resting on you, crushing you. And I'm weeping already. And I tried to piece together a prayer. I tried to piece together this prayer of, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me for what I've done. I, I was trying to think of how to say it. But as soon as I even uttered those first words of, God, please forgive me, something incredible happened. And it was this moment. I mean, this is the moment that changed everything for me. This is the moment that led me to where I'm at right now. As soon as I said, God, please forgive me, uh, something supernatural happened. Something I can't explain to you. I, I I can't explain it to you in a way that would make sense. But I know that what happened in that moment is that I felt the very real, tangible presence of the creator of the universe, who I had thought was maybe so distant and so far away and didn't care about me. It was like as soon as I turned my attention or turned my direction towards him and just said, God, please forgive me. I mean, he flooded my bedroom. He showed up. Mind you... I was hung over. I didn't just come from church. I hadn't just finished a Bible study, you know. I was messed up, man. I smelt like booze probably. I was uh, in a low place, and God just showed up in my room. It was incredible. It was life-changing. It's like the, the pressure, the, the tension I was feeling before that moment lifted from me. All of that anxiety and despair and depression and anger that I had been carrying for years lifted off of me. And in this moment where I'm encountering God, like I said, I, I can't explain it. doesn't make sense. All of a sudden, I'm feeling hope. I'm feeling joy. I'm feeling, I'm feeling resolve. I had this encounter with God, and what I felt inside of me now was like a fire. I can't, it's not like I heard an audible voice or anything like that. But what I can tell you in that moment, what I felt like God was speaking to me was, it's okay. I'm going to help you from now on. I'm going to help you put your life back together. I'm going to help redeem you and, and fulfill the purpose that I created you to fulfill. You're not too far gone. You, you haven't messed up too much. 
but I'm going to help you and I'm going to walk with you. And it gave me this fire to go on a new journey. I had been living this destructive life for, for almost a decade. And now um, God had just kind of interrupted me and saved me and put a fire within me to go on a new direction. And I left that moment, and guess what? I still had issues, still had problems. I still had addictions, still had unhealthy relationships, still had bad habits. But I was on a new direction now to overcome those things, to defeat those things, to undo the unhealthy habits, to learn how to live a a wise lifestyle, uh, to learn how to make the right decisions under pressure. God was now setting me on this journey. When I faced adversity from now on, it was going to be a catalyst for my growth, not something that just kept me in a spiral or a cycle of destruction or of defeat or of hopelessness and helplessness. No, he was setting me on this journey of being able to be someone who could overcome adversity, overcome any obstacle, overcome any challenge, and develop into the kind of man that he created me to be. And... You know, over the next several years, he molded me, shaped me. I got really involved in my church. I got involved with serving others uh, and really trying to develop what I believe were the gifts and the calling that God had given me, the purpose of my life. Uh, I, I started pursuing those things. And, and I started allowing myself, when I would come under pressure or face adversity and challenges, I would start to look for how is this going to be something that causes me to grow? not shrink back from, if there's hard decisions to make, what's the right decision? What's the wise decision? And it, it led me on this journey of growth. It, it led me on this journey of development. It led me on this, this journey where I became a battle-tested person. That's what this podcast is, battle-tested. What does that mean? Someone who is battle-tested is someone who has faced true adversity, someone who has faced danger, someone who has faced a difficult challenge, a difficult obstacle, and a battle-tested person has come through the other side of those things, and they're victorious. They are proven. They have overcome. They didn't stay stuck in the battle. They didn't suffer a defeat of the battle. They're battle-tested. They're victorious on the other side of the battle. They're stronger because of the battle. Battle Battle-tested people look at adversity as an opportunity for growth. And I'm thankful that now God has brought me to this point. God has helped instill some things within me and grow some things within me where I can say I'm a battle-tested person. I've faced some mess. I've faced things that were done to me against my will, and I have faced the consequences of my own poor choices and decisions. And I've come through those things now. I'm on the other side. I'm battle-tested. And that's what I want to help others with. I want to bring you into... My story, I want to bring you into the story of others, and I want to help you get to this point. I want to help you develop these things, um, maybe that are still lying dormant inside of you. Maybe there's some things that just haven't awakened yet within you. I want to help wake up that inner warrior that looks at life's adversity and looks at life's challenges and obstacles and says, you know what? Good, good. This is just an opportunity for me to show who I am. This is just an opportunity for me to grow. This is an opportunity for me to learn something instead of facing those moments and and kind of adopting this victim mentality that's so common nowadays in our culture of, well, it's their fault, it's his fault, it's her fault, it's the government's fault, it's that institution's fault, poor pitiful me. 
No, we don't want to live with a victim mentality. If we're battle-tested, we look at these challenges and we look at these things that may be out of our control and we say, good, this is an opportunity for me to be tested. This is an opportunity for me to prove myself. That's what battle-tested is all about. Here's the concept. Of course, you see in our logo, there's an axe and there's a hammer. One is a weapon and one is a tool. What does that mean? If you look in the Bible, there's a story about a man named Nehemiah. If you look in Nehemiah chapter 4, you'll see this story. Nehemiah is rallying the people of Israel back in Jerusalem to rebuild the wall around the city that had been destroyed when Babylon conquered and, and Israel was in exile. Now they're coming back. Now they're, they're able to come back to their homeland. And Nehemiah is kind of leading the effort to rebuild the walls of the city so that the people of Israel could live within the city again. They keep getting attacked. They keep getting attacked by these different armies, these, these enemies that have come against them. And so um, Nehemiah rallies the people. Somewhere in chapter 4, he says something like, Hey, don't fear the enemy, but trust in God. Fight for your families. Fight for your sons and your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your city. And he gives the command then that everyone who's working on building the wall, you're going to carry a tool and you're going to carry a weapon. You're going to have both. And whenever the, the fight comes, whenever the enemy comes, you're going to go from building to fighting. You're going to do both. You can't just be focused on the building because as you're building, the enemy is going to have the opportunity to attack you and destroy your progress or come in and destroy the things that you've done or distract you from your work. And if you're just focused on fighting, you're not going to be able to fulfill the thing that we're here to do. That's the picture of life, okay? Each and every one of us, we have a purpose that we were created for, something that you are destined for. And it's not in your vocation necessarily. It might be tied to your vocation. It's not in how much money you have or anything like that. It's really just tied to who you are, the kind of person that you are, the character that you have, the values that you have, the virtue that you display, your impact in the world around you that goes beyond what your job is. It's who you are as a person. We are all born with a purpose to become what God has called us to become. And so if you're building towards that life, you better have a weapon also. With your hammer, you better have an axe because you're going to be building the life that God's called you to build and you're going to have to fight off the attacks of the enemy at the same time. And so I want to help you get there. I want to help you become a battle-tested person. I want to share with you my journey. I want to share with you the heartaches that I've had, the pain that I've had, the disappointment that I've had, my failures, how much of an idiot I was. I want to bring you into that, and I want to show you how along the way I've, I've developed a new way of thinking, a new way of living, a new way of operating, a new way of dealing with those things that has turned me into a battle-tested person that is able to live a life of purpose, of growth, of influence, uh, able to live a life of fulfillment and joy and happiness. And, you know, I, I fully feel like I'm stepping into that call of God to be the man he's created me to be and be the husband he's created me to be and be the father that he has created me to be. And it goes beyond even my role as a pastor. This, this podcast, it's not I would even be hesitant to label it a Christian podcast because I think the things I'm going to talk about are for everybody. If you're just living in a life of 
of hopelessness or despair or the same old cycles where you feel like, man, I'm just stuck. How can I ever get out of this life that I'm living into something better and more meaningful? I want to take you on that journey. What I want to do is is introduce you to other people. And we have some amazing guests lined up already for, for season one, experts in their field, doctors, leaders, people who lead thousands of people. And you're going to hear some, some incredible stories of how some very successful people overcome, overcame the adversity uh, in their life. And we're going to be able to learn from that. You're going to be inspired by that. You know, I, I don't want to just inspire you, though. I want, to, I want to give you some practical tools. I want to give you some things that you can put in your toolkit. And when you face adversity, take that out and be able to apply it uh, to your life. But, but at the end of the day, you know, the thing that I want to do the most is just help you live to your full potential. Uh, if anything good comes of this podcast, even if it's just for the one person out there that might be struggling, I want to help you see the potential that God put inside of you. And I want to help you chart a course to get there. I want to help you chart a course for growth, for development, for some tenacity to just tackle life tackle goals, you know, set goals and create pathways to achieve them and start living the life that you were destined to live. And so I hope that you will join me on this journey, this battle-tested podcast. Uh, I hope that you'll subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. We have a Patreon as well. If you want to go to all the links to these things will be in the description below. But if you want to support us, if you want to follow us, if you want to be in touch with all the different things that we're doing, the different people we're talking to, and some of the resources that I want to give you on how you can start applying some of these things to your life. Uh, I'm just inviting you to go on this journey with me where we really learn and embrace what it means to be battle-tested. So keep fighting, keep building, and I'll see you next time on the Battle-Tested Podcast.